everyone. Welcome to the show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany. Welcome back to the show. And everyone, I have made no bones about it. If you listened into an episode number 168, about November 7th, actually it was two days before I had breast explant surgery. I talked to you the number of years that I've had implants, and I talked to you about my journey and I'm continuing to do this because I know you're all listening and you're desperate for information. Um, and that's what I'm doing here today. I met Dr. Rob Whitfield, oh gosh, back in July of this year, if I'm not mistaken. And I had my consult with him and I met this fabulous woman that's with me today. Um, when you're finally heard, when people finally validate your feelings, you feel like you are on the process to heal. And that's where we are today. And I have to introduce this fabulous woman next to me, Candace Barley. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It is amazing having you here. <laughs> you are, This is a dream for me to come true, to have you and, and representing Dr. Whitfield here today on the show. Um, let's back up. You are an actress. You are a fabulous mom. Um, you are a photography doc. Help me there. A documentary <laughs> photographer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. And so talented. I mean, if you follow her on her page, she's going to share that with you. But she has so many passions. She's a mom of three beautiful boys. And y'all, you have to uh, follow along with this woman. But we are here to share our stories in a series today of what you're asking for us to share. So here we go. So I talked to you about um, 2011. I um, had implants. Mm -hmm. And if I, now I'm 58 years old and I was blaming a lot of this on menopause. Okay. So my audience has heard my story and I'm going to tell it again today. But Candace, tell us why you, you migrated into this business. The business of explant surgery? Yes. Well, it's because of my own personal experience with breast implants, breast implant illness, and explant surgery. I got implants back when I was 24 years old after having breastfed two children, didn't have very much left, mm -hmm. didn't have very much to begin with. And um, once I got back to being flat again, I realized I had, well, I didn't fully realize, but I had a lot of unhealed trauma from being bullied for many years for being flat. Yes. Bullied. When did that begin? That began in middle school, um, <sighs> primarily by girls. Girls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So odd. Um, yeah. The like pivotal moment for me that took a long time to heal from was I was in the girls locker room. It was sixth grade. And um, I was changing and I heard all these girls laughing behind me and I turned around and they were all gathered and they said, if you didn't have feet, would you wear socks? And I was like, what? You have to think about that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, there is no way I'm going to answer this question correctly. No. <laughs> this is a setup. And so I, of course, said no. And then they said, then why are you wearing a bra? And they began to laugh, and I just turned around crying. I was very little. It took me a very long time to catch up with everybody. It was a very late bloomer. I really didn't hit puberty till almost 17. And so through that whole time, I was kind of the center of attention for being flat, which it never had 
even occurred to me that that was an issue because I had been a ballerina my whole life leading yes. up to that. Yes. So, ballerina body. Right. Ballerinas but, come on, uh, don't have large breasts. So, <laughs> And my dad's a commercial photographer and we had photography books. Photography books everywhere, black and whites, and those women are very small chested. So to me, that was normal. Um, but to my peers, my tribe, right. all the kids that you're trying to fit in with, it was suddenly not. Mm -hmm. So when I was back to that point at 24 years old, all of those feelings came back. And so I decided I wanted to go get breast implants. And so I got, wanted just to be a small bee. And, uh, got a very small set of saline implants and even though they looked like i was looked like bolted on grapefruits they were right. saline that was the only type that was available at the time and um so but i thought okay now i fit in this mm -hmm. is this is good and those ruptured within two years got another set those ruptured got really? another set and uh, that's very common with saline implants on women that have a smaller chest or not really very much breast tissue because you get rippling and those folds over time break down and can lead to a rupture. With saline. With saline, yes. So when the silicone, the gummy bears came out, I thought, oh, this is a good idea. I, you know, keep having these ruptures. Gummy bear sounds very safe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I should get some of those. Right. Sounds pretty sweet. Yeah. So, Literally. Exactly. <laughs> So that that was four surgeries in. Four surgeries? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So you did yeah. get the gummies. I did get the gummies. But I would say, backing up to my very first set of saline implants, within six months of getting those, I started struggling with chronic fatigue to the point that I went to my primary care and I said, I think I might have a thyroid problem. I'm so tired. I cannot function. And they said, oh, it's just because you have two children under four. Oh, dear. And I'm like, this is what motherhood is? Because right. I wasn't this tired when I had two children under two mm -mm. and one that I was breastfeeding all the time and was sick and all of these things. I was never this tired. We're right. like, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And you were convinced that what it is because I've been told I was crazy. Yeah. Literally. Oh, yeah. I Well, I had I had no it, to me that didn't I didn't put together the timeline at all. And I and, and things started to build up over the years again. I never even thought because no one had ever said to me that breast implants could cause any type of symptoms in your body. Yes. So it was just, you know, they could rupture, you get them replaced. Um, you know, the old school silicone, those ones were the dangerous ones only because they could spread all into your chest cavity and mm -hmm. get silicone all over your body. But you don't have to worry about that anymore. The right. new gummy bears don't do that, mm -hmm. but they do. And what year was that again? Uh, the gummy bears yes. was, uh, let's see, I, I know. Uh, my son was, I, I think I was about 33 years old. 33 years old. I'm 46 now. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Here we go. We're, we're holding this up. If you're watching on YouTube, y'all, here's our um, gummy yeah. bear silicone. So the interesting thing about these is that when you cut them in half, they're supposed to stay kind of like a gummy bear or like jello. Mm -hmm. But what we've found is that if they have been ruptured for a certain period of time based on your body's chemistry you're you, everyone's bioindividual they break things down differently that we see these liquefy like the old school silicone oh, okay <laughs> yeah we have them right here for y'all to see <laughs> yeah so so you got the gummy bears and then tell us what happened that was three surgeries in three right that was um four four surgeries. that was my fourth yeah from so i had my original and then saline rep replacement saline replacement and then i went to silicone mm -hmm. And after that, um, so after I had each replacement, I would have a new 
set of symptoms. Mm -hmm. So by this point, I had um, restless leg syndrome, chronic fatigue, heart palpitations, uh, thyroid issues. And then when I got my silicone gummy bears, I started having major hormonal imbalances, acne, hair loss, heavy periods. Um, the fatigue went up another level. Um, difficulty getting over colds, mm -hmm. things where I'd always had a really great immune system. Immune system. Yeah. Right. So again, never putting two and two together until finally, uh, Seven years after I had had my implants for seven years, I was bedridden. And, uh, you know, I had been getting lab work all of this time. Everything was always fine. And they always love to say, well, your, your labs are fine. Well, your labs are fine until finally they aren't. If you are con constantly going in because you don't feel well and saying something is wrong, and they do your labs and they say they're fine, there's already something happening in your body. Like, wow. you have to be super sick. You have to get to a, a really, um, really far along in your symptoms before things really start showing up on your labs. And let me ask you this quickly. If, if When someone says your labs are fine, do we have a baseline? Like, what's the baseline? You know what I mean? Yeah, so th that's a very good question because a lot of times the baselines are based on that specific lab and the amount of people that are coming in there. So they create a baseline, like, say, for your thyroid, mm -hmm. based on the average of the people that are coming out in there. It doesn't matter their age, weight, any of those types of things. And most people that are coming in to get labs are doing so because they don't feeling well. For sure. So um, that's why functional labs are so important because it's a very refined lab based on, you know, uh, your age, right, gender, weight, mm -hmm. all of those things. So um, when I finally got into, you know, doing more functional testing and trying to get to the bottom of why suddenly I had extremely elevated liver enzymes and you know I did I saw a functional doctor and my blood work was just a wreck and so I kept food diaries I did all of these things I was eating organic I wasn't drinking out of plastic I didn't drink alcohol yet I had no uh, you know fatty liver disease like wow. nothing made sense and my labs were doubling tripling every four weeks my liver mm -hmm. enzymes and so um, I had full body tremors they were beginning to like talk about MS because they could not figure out why. And um, so I I basically could not get out of bed. No one could tell me why I was getting sicker and sicker. I was scheduled for a liver biopsy. And I was home alone. Uh, my mom was helping take care of my youngest son. And I made it to a room in the, a chair in the corner of my room. And from the depths of my soul, I cried out, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. And I heard a voice. First time, I was 41 years old at this point, never heard a voice in my entire life say breast implants wow. in my right ear. And so it took me a while to regain my composure and realize I had just right. had this, you know, divine intervention message. Because you're not used to hearing voices. I've never heard, heard a voice. voice. Yeah, right. this was obviously... I could not get the message through myself. You know, 17 years, all of these things started after I got my implants. And they're like, okay, we're going to have to tell her. <laughs> sure. So <laughs> we're going to wake her up here. Yes. Right. So after, as soon as I calmed down, I got my, my laptop and I typed in, can breast implants make you sick? And? Thousands and thousands You're of kidding. stories just like mine. You're kidding. I yeah. mean... Of course, then I was like, can it affect your liver? Can it? I just started going through everything. 
And I had my answer. You did have the answer. Mm -hmm. So how difficult, when you saw all that on the internet, how difficult was it to find someone to explant? Because I've been told, and I'll share that in a little bit, but they're not in the business. Plastic surgeons aren't in the business to explant. No. So trying to, so I started looking on you know, Google and typing in explant. And so I, I lived in San Diego at the time and I went to several local surgeons, all who still placed breast implants. Mm -hmm. And I would go see them and they'd be like, yeah, I can do explant. You're going to look terrible. Sure. You're not going to be happy. And there's no evidence or proof that any of these symptoms that you're experiencing are going to get any better if I remove them. Right. And so I had read on, you know, a lot about it, done a lot of research and heard about the importance of removing the capsule. And so then when you start asking if they'll remove the capsule, that's a whole nother, like, you need to stay off Google. There's uh, no, <laughs> yes, there's no proof that removing the capsule will do anything. That's just going to make you look worse. All of this information. And at this point, I knew in my gut what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And so I started looking for a surgeon who no longer placed breast implants and who only did explant surgery with an on-block total capsulectomy, which is removing the entire capsule in one piece. Mm -hmm. And so I found a surgeon in Newport Beach. He had a year and a half wait list. And I just knew this is who I needed to see and had faith that I would be able to get in sooner. Mm -hmm. So I booked with him and uh, told them to put me on a cancellation list. And I bugged them a lot. Right. And I was in within about six weeks. Wow, you're kidding. Yeah. I mean, in your I mean, with your liver enzymes and yes, doubling and tripling, that had to be I mean, did you have a team of doctors advocating for you or was this was all you? No, because the doctors really didn't understand what was going on. I had a functional practitioner who was like, I, I really, you know, nothing that we were doing was working. And they were like, I, I don't understand on paper and all the way that all the things that you're doing, you should not be experiencing this level of illness. So I said, do you think it could be my breast implants? And they were like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah I'm like, I mean, <laughs> you're a functional practitioner. This <laughs> help a girl out here. It's right? a foreign object. Like, and it's so crazy because then it's like, you realize how we've all been brainwashed into not like really logically looking at this. It's a foreign object it is. made up of a bunch of different heavy metal and chemicals, including solvents like xylene and things that are in, you know, paints. Candace, we avoid plastic bottles. Yeah. Drinking water out of Mm -hmm. plastic bottles or eliminate that. But we put this in our breasts, in our body. Right. And, and, you know, I can say this and (laughs) I know I've been my girl here. (laughs) Um, I can say this because back in 2011, if someone would have told me this, I would have said, no, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Yep. I'm just going to go ahead and do it because like you, I I really didn't want breast implants, mm-hmm. but I tried out for two professional teams mm-hmm. that on their dance team and I was turned down by both. The first one, a woman said to me, come back when you have bigger boobs. Wow. And um, I'm like, okay. And then I started doing another world where everyone had big booze, but I got them and didn't like them. So 
to me, I mean, it was just a decision, but, you know, it still was a lot of peer pressure. Oh, yeah, because everyone had big boobs around me, you know, and I, but I waited a few years. Take me back to rupture. Okay. How do we know if you have a ruptured implant? Well, with saline, it's very easy to so, Yeah, I always say it's like a flat tire. Like, it's just, yeah. you know, it just is completely flat or it goes down over a few days. Right. So it's it's pretty obvious when you have a ruptured saline implant. With silicone, it's way more difficult to tell. And that's kind of where I feel like there's, you know, the safety issue a lot with silicone is that you can have a silent rupture that doesn't even show up on MRIs or mammograms. Right. So um, because if it is against the chest wall, the backside of the implant, you really can't see that. And that, again, is why it's so important to find a surgeon who is removing implants on block, removing the entire capsule, because you don't want to spill those contaminants out into the chest wall if you have a ruptured silicone implant. And you can have an MRI that says, nope, you don't. We, we just removed... Uh, a set of implants from a woman who had an MRI that said absolutely no rupture, who had a mammogram who said absolutely no rupture, and she had gotten those over the last seven years, and her implants had easily been ruptured for three years. Oh, my stars. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's amazing. I yeah. mean, and when, when we removed mine, mine were not ruptured. Right. But I have had women tell me, how are you sick if they haven't ruptured? How are you sick if you have saline, I don't have saline, I didn't have saline. How are you sick? How do you know? And of course, we've been challenged and everything we will. Everyone has their own opinion. I make sure everyone understands that. But how, I mean, just because you're not ruptured. Oh, mine, here mine are. They're not ruptured. <laughs> not and at I, all. I was sick to the point that I couldn't get out of bed and I had full body tremors. I was wearing a heart monitor because I had unexplained heart palpitations. I had difficulty breathing. Uh, and my liver was failing. Mm -mm. I removed these, and eight weeks later, my liver enzymes returned to normal. That is so. Only thing that I did, I finally got in with my endocrinologist, and they said, "What did you do eight weeks ago?" I said, "I had my breast implants removed." And they said, "I had to look at your blood work three times because your previous blood work looks like that of a ninety-year-old nurse, oh. nursing home patient." And if you see her on YouTube, she's not a ninety-year-old. <laughs> woman i could tell you that so yeah and and i you know even she couldn't understand how that could be correlating to such severe labs and i can tell you how one it's a foreign object we have a certain enzymatic capability to detox from different exposures so one based on genetics depends on how long or how well you do with a foreign object in your body Two, the amount of environmental exposures that we are all exposed to now. Right. We have a much higher toxicity burden. So it is my personal opinion that the reason women are having more and more issues with their implants like never before is because of the amount of glyphosates, parabens, phthalates, uh, you know, BPAs, all of the things that we're exposed to it's too much for a system to handle and detox from. And then finally, all breast implant illness is, is your body's response to a foreign object. So you have an immune response that creates inflammation. Inflammation, acute inflammation is good. When you twist your ankle, your ankle swells, sends all the stuff there to help it heal. And then the swelling goes away, the inflammation goes away and it's healed. 
But if that's to stay swollen, to stay inflamed, mm -hmm. then you have chronic inflammation. Right. And when you have chronic inflammation in your body, which is what happens with most women after a prolonged period of time with implants, well then, that's the root of all disease. Mm -hmm. So your body, I always say that, that implants and the inflammation caused by implants just begin to work like a brick wall. Mm -hmm. So all of the things that you're doing, all the supplements that you're taking, all of the things you're doing to lead a healthy, clean life, it's very hard for it to break through that brick wall. And once we remove the implants, we find that suddenly all of these things that women are taking and doing, the program that we have, all these things are suddenly more bioavailable and they recover quickly. They recover quickly. It's interesting. In So in 2011, I had my implants. Um, I, that's when this began. And I mean, healthy, athletic, competing in an mm -hmm. athlete. Um, and then I just started getting sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, my back pain. I mean, just, and I was, my goodness, 11 years ago, I'm trying to do the math here, but I mean, in, in my forties. Yeah. And, um, I was so discouraged because I'm like, what? I was asking my husband, Greg, what is wrong with me? I mean, right. what I eat well, we, we live a very healthy lifestyle. Um, but what's wrong? Fast forward to the pandemic, fast forward to perimenopause, menopause. Mm -hmm. Of course, I know there was issues, but my hormones were on point because I had a great, great functional doctor. So with the hormones being on point in 2020, here we go, autoimmune. Here we go, psoriasis, severe psoriasis. Let's go into psoriatic arthritis. And I say that word incorrectly every time. And then, and then I get into colitis and just yes. severe diarrhea for four years. Um, and it was, well, you're, it's COVID. You took the vaccine. I never had the vaccine. Mm -hmm. I was, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but it wasn't working for myself. Right. So I didn't do that. No, they're like, well, two rounds of COVID will do it. So, okay, it's COVID. But when I finally had a friend that said I had surgery, Tiffy, this might be what's wrong with you. I'm like, what did you have done? And she told me. And then she puts me in contact with all these people. And so autoimmunity, that's a huge. Krista, your your functional nurse that that helps with gut, she's amazing with your with your office. She had lupus and is in remission. Yes, is that I don't. I just I'm amazed. Right when she had her explant. When she had her explant. Yes, Krista's incredible. She's our um, our detox and functional practitioner who had breast implant illness, who had all of these things and recovered and healed herself after explant because. The reason that autoimmunity is such an issue, these these activations of autoimmune disease or these autoimmune, you know, people that had pre-existing autoimmune that then becomes impossible to manage after implants. And that is one of the things that is stated on the black box warning for implants now is is the activation and and the correlation with autoimmune diseases. Say that again. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. Say that again. Um, so there is an, a black box warning, which is the highest um warning that the fda gives for a drug or medical device and the reasons behind that are twofold it's one because of the symptoms that uh, women are experiencing from breast implants that seem to resolve after removal um, and a major one of those being autoimmune disease and two because of the breast implant related carcinomas and lymphomas that are related to that wow unbelievable yes i mean 
let me ask you this question. If you have a friend, mm-hmm. um, my daughter's totally against implants now. <laughs> She's watched her mother go through this. If you had a friend that wanted implants, would it be difficult for you to remain neutral? Yes, I'm pretty protective and uh, I'm very supportive, but I'm also very protective. And I, it's part of why I'm an advocate because I, I do want one women to be able to have all the information and advocate for themselves. But also I feel like I'm someone that wants to step in and, and protect people that maybe not don't have all the information. So I, it would be important to me to make sure they have all of the, all the information, the informed consent that I feel like most women don't get when they're getting implants. Uh, you get a paper now that you just sign really quick and someone doesn't really, like I feel like there should be counseling to really go through and also being, you should look at your genetics. Uh, you know, that has a lot to do with how well you're going to be able to handle the implants. And then also, you know, just look and see what other pre-existing conditions. Do you have gut issues? Do you have a autoimmune disease now? Do you have eczema, psoriasis, or all of these things? Because most likely those things are going to get worse. Oh. So if you had told me that, or if you had told uh, you know, the the women that I work with that most of them would, I'm not saying they all would have said no to the implants, but they would have thought long and hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, a big one that is not talked about is uh, loss of libido. Oh, yeah. It was, if I go back to 2011, love my husband, mm-hmm. love him so much, Candace. I mean, he's the love of my life. Sex was not I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's been this way and I feel so badly for him, but libido. Yeah. But my testosterone was good. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's a killer of libido for a lot of women. And, uh, you know, we, I mean, one of the women that we've explanted is a sex coach and she's like, this is crazy. What's going on? You know, it's right. And, and she's had her explants and it's completely reversed back to (laughs) <laughs> back to where she should be. Where she should be. And she's young. She's young. Yeah. So it's just, it's really incredible because when you have high levels of inflammation in your body, your hormones are going to completely become out of control. Mm-hmm. Your inc- complete endocrine system, your thyroid, all of these things are connected. Everything in the body is connected. It is. And so I just, for me, it would be... Uh, I I am a fan of fat transfer. Yes. If if there is, you know, I, I I'm I have to say I, I advocate more most for not doing anything to your body because there's always some type of consequence when you do any type of surgical procedure to your body. But if you have to do something, the safest thing, in my opinion, is fat transfer. Right, right. So. And fat transfer. Dr. Whitfield did not want to do that to me at the time of my surgery right. because I'm so inflamed. Is Correct. that right? Correct. It really needs to be done on a case-by-case basis. And that's why, you know, he has the protocols that he has. We look at everything. Um, something that's very important for us to look at is your inflammation levels and your systemic toxicity. So we look at your uh, heavy metals, environmental toxins, and right. very important is mold. Because yeah. most women that we see have really high levels of mold uh, just because your body is at a reduced ability to detox from that when you have implants. So if you have an exposure, say you live in a house and you have a mold uh, exposure, your husband is going to be able to detox most likely 
really quickly from it, whereas for you, it will hang out, hang around for a long time because you have this foreign object in your body that compromises your body's ability to detox. Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. Candace, I, I feel like I'm jumping around, but I, I'm looking at our implants in front of yeah. us. But um, 10 years is is the suggested time that implants should be replaced. Replaced. Um, that was mine, and I was getting to that 11-year mark. I had a woman the other day say, I've had mine 32 years. I've not had any issues at all. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, I, I am not you. I, I don't have the education, and I'm I'm learning. I'm, I'm getting there. But... 10 years. Why is that? Well, that is because, well, first of all, these are not lifetime devices, but around the eight to 10 year mark, the rupture rate goes up by about half a percent every year, which might not sound like a lot, but we find that past that 10 year mark, we do see more rupture to implants. And for me personally, my mindset is if something is breaking down, degrading, and the rupture rate is going up if something's degrading and breaking down in your body where's that going yeah so it's not surprising to me that we do see a lot of women who suddenly start to have more issues symptoms around the eight to ten year mark 11 years right here mm -hmm. i mean but the symptoms were coming quicker for me obviously Correct. but again i didn't think about it right so you might have a few things some fatigue that's your body's response to just trying to wall off your body builds a scar capsule around the implant. So when it's going through all of that, it is common to feel tired. But for many women, that fatigue never resolves. Yeah. It was my case. But uh, yeah, then we have some women who are like, I've had my implants for eight years and suddenly I'm having all of these issues. So we talk a lot about tipping points. So that could be um, one, you've got implants that are potentially starting to break down. Microleaching is something that is a term that's thrown around. Um, you've got a mold exposure. You got COVID or some other major illness. Sometimes pregnancy can be enough to shift hormones so much that it's just a stressful enough event on your body that that is your tipping point. So uh, there's a lot of different things that can just flip that switch. And once that switch is flipped, it's uh, what Dr. Whitfield says, it's like your body's just a hamster in a wheel. Right. It's just your immune system is on all the time. Right. And, you know, in, in any health issues, or, or and, and I think especially for women, we have to advocate for our own health. Absolutely. Absolutely have to. And especially when this is not, I, I don't want to say this and to negate it, but when it's not in the norm, like this is Right. I mean, people are still looking at me going, wait, are you sure? Seriously, are you sad? Do you miss them? This, that, and the other. But it's, we just have to advocate for it. And it's, mm -hmm. it takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. But you only have one body. I have said it hundreds of thousands of times. We have one body, y'all. You got to take care of it. That's our responsibility. Yep. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. How long did it take before, I know your liver immediately, within four weeks, eight weeks, it halved, right? Or, 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 yeah, within four weeks, it had gone down by half. And uh, they said, okay, we can hold off on the liver biopsy. And then four weeks after that, so a total of eight weeks from explant to that test, it had returned to normal. So um, my full body tremors, those took about three months to resolve. Uh, the heart palpitations around six months. Uh, the restless leg, I never even had any idea was connected to my implants. And that was totally gone by nine months. 
Uh, I still was struggling with some gut issues. I had a lot of gut problems with my implants. Oh, yeah. SIBO, just major gut dysbiosis, and everything I ate made me bloated. I had high food sensitivities, did elimination diets. Nothing seemed to work, and we see this with our patients. Gut issues is one of the main things we see with our patients, um, which it makes sense. Um, one, things flow downhill. You know? <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, two, it's just that inflammation again. You know, your your body is just in this chronic state of, of inflammation. And so it affects everything. We see a lot of food sensitivities. So, and I think back to my friends who all got implants after I got implants and suddenly they were bloated and they couldn't eat anything. And we were all dealing with very similar problems. My best friend of 28 years, she had her explant two, year, two weeks before mine. And she was struggling with migraines to the point that she was being hospitalized. And uh, all just weight gain, unexplained weight gain, major inflammation. And she had her implants out. And within, I think, eight weeks, she had lost about 20 pounds, hadn't changed anything. And we do see this a lot with women, too, who have not been able to lose weight. Right. And it's just water weight. It's just inflammation. So, like, why, if, if you have a lot of inflammation at the time of explant, mm -hmm. it's not a good idea to do fat transfer because you're taking that inflamed weight, which has a lot of water in it, that you, you need to to go through a detox so that we can make sure we're transferring really good right. fat at that time. And I did have, I had toxic mold poisoning, heavy metal poisoning, parasites, the whole damage. Yes. And just because I explant, and I, I've listened to this, you know, I thought that, I, I don't think I did. I I wanted to say, okay, I'm going to be 100% better. And I'm great. Because I am, when the, I'm about five weeks now, four and a half, five mm -hmm. weeks post. Um, you may not be finished, right? Some people feel fabulous, but some people aren't finished, right? It's a it's oh, a journey. Yeah. I was not one of those people who wake up in recovery and are just like amazing. And I, you know, I I go to surgery with a lot of women, and some do. Some wake up and they're like, "Oh my goodness!" I'm like, "It could be the medicine. Let's just wait and see." <laughs> you know, and they're like, "No, wow. I can breathe better. I can, I, you know, they're waking up from anesthesia and they already feel more clear headed." Wow. So there are some people that just immediately have these miraculous recoveries and they're just it, trying to keep them, you know, t t have them take it easy while they're recovering is hard because they haven't felt that good in so long. But everyone is not like that. I was not like that. It takes a while for some of us, depending on how far our system had gotten out of balance, mm -hmm. how much inflammation we have to recover from. Uh, you know, I had to, I had a lot of gut healing and detoxing from mold and things like that. And so that's why we have a detox program that we run with all of our patients, because we understand that all of those things are connected. And so while removing implants is the first most important step, you have to address all of the other fires in the house. Absolutely. And yeah. it didn't happen overnight. So we talked about all these these symptoms throughout this show, and we're going to touch on what's next. But can you share with us the women and men listening to this show right now that are desperate and may be on board or um, maybe they're, they're inquisitive or they're just not sure? What are the next steps for these women and, and men? 
spouses, partners. Yes, absolutely. Well, uh, I would encourage them to just begin researching, uh, you know, even going on the FDA and looking at adverse events from from implants, going and finding other women's stories who uh, who have implants and who have had explant surgery, and then finding surgeons who specialize in explant surgery who no longer place breast implants and see what they're saying. Many of them are doing uh, studies. Uh, Dr. Whitfield has several. He's done one um, on, uh, you know, helped fund one on biofilms. Yeah. The 35% of, of implants ha- we find have yeah. biofilms, which is a bacteria or a fungus. Or, um, so all of these things are, it's very, very simple. It's, it's very logical when you stop and think about it. It's not in your head. You're not imagining these symptoms. And when you have gone down all of the different avenues and paths trying to get well, and nothing is working, you're not being able to get to the root cause. Mm-hmm. It's when it's time to really look at your breast implants. Right, right. So, um, you know, I, we've worked with women who have been to the Mayo Clinic and who have seen the best doctors in the entire world with no resolution. And we remove their implants and they get better. They get better. Well, you are amazing. You have held my hand. You are um, gave me hope. And I there is hope. I mean, look yes. at look at me now. Um, but we're going to talk about in the next show next week, we're going to talk about selecting the surgeon mm-hmm. and what to expect. And like we just said, it may not be over. Some of people may feel, the women may feel fabulous, but what's next? And you're educating me as well. So tell us how we can find you with your fabulous y'all. You got to follow her on Instagram. <laughs> oh my gosh, the best information because we are going to talk about so many things that you need to do in your home. So how can we find you? Yes. So I have a website called Holistico Life. Yes. And I also have an Instagram page where I talk daily in my stories. I share. I answer a lot of questions. I always answer my DMs. Sometimes it takes me a while to get through them all, but I always answer women on my DMs. And uh, and then also uh, you can find me at Dr. Whitfield's office in Austin. Breast explant. Breast in. I can never say it. <laughs> Breast implant illness, illness expert. expert. Yep. That's... He's fabulous. She's fabulous. The entire team. Oh my goodness. <laughs> heaven's day. Well, everyone, I hope you, um, I hope this helps some of you. I hope this helps, helps most of you. And of course, I'm not happy to answer any questions and y'all have a fabulous day. Remember you have one body. Take care of it. Keep being fabulous. <laughs>